following is a live broadcast of a Lone Star community radio program. Recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Connors FM 104.5, 106.1, and Facebook.com slash IRLoneStar. For more information on this show, please visit our show page at IRLoneStar.com slash shows. To sponsor or donate to this program, visit our donate page at IRLoneStar.com slash donate, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com, or give us a call at 936-666-1084. Lone Star Community Radio production and broadcast is possible by folks like you. So sponsor and donate today. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Uh, Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani, we are two Texas licensed attorneys, and we are here every Tuesday on uh, uh, 104.5 and 106.1, uh, Montgomery County uh, IR Lone Star. You can go to IRLoneStar.com and you can listen live or you can listen to us live on Facebook. We are here today talking about legal issues and what we wanted to talk about today is zoning, enforcement, waiver. Yeah, deed restrictions, um, uh, your property, your enjoyment and use of your own property mm-hmm. and how it's affected by deed restrictions, zoning, and whether some of the deed restrictions that you may be subject to or your, the zoning you may be subject to um, can be, yeah, have been waived or abandoned. Yeah. And um, and you've got some history on that that we get to hear about. I can't wait to hear about it. And then we're going to give you some law on, uh, so you can kind of uh, maneuver your way through this, uh, this melee of information to decide whether or not you need to get an attorney involved if you want to use and enjoy your property and you think that right is being improperly uh, uh, taken away from you by your homeowner association or a government entity. Like the city. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so important. Um, so, so we were talking about something that I went through when we lived in Dallas. Um, we um, bought this big old house. We were across the street from, I mean, just to kind of give you an idea, and I don't want to talk about this, but Tony's making me. Because <laughs> yes, I, um, I love that you lived in this rich uh, enclave of Dallas, and your yeah. neighbors were uh, were in the news, and um, you were just sort of living the life with mm-hmm. your kids, mm-hmm. and and it's just a day in the life of, of uh, Cheryl. Right. And I, you, this is 20, lot, 20 years ago. That, that our readers don't know about uh, you. And so so you moved to Dallas. To give us a little background. What happened? You, how no, did you I'm, even f- end up I'm from Dallas. Okay, you're from Dallas. That's where right. I'm from. So you started out in Dallas. You grew up there. What yeah, I went the to high school, college, all that stuff. What's, what high school did you go to? Uh, Newman Smith High School. Okay. That's Carrollton, actually. Okay. And then I went to University of North Texas. Okay. Working and what was in your college back degree then. in? Back then, my degree was in psychology. Okay. Still still is. I mean, I finished that, mm-hmm. but it was in psychology. But anyway, um, we, we lived in this neighborhood that, um, I mean, the guy who was the president of Coca-Cola lived across the street. Uh-huh. The guy who ran 
what's the guy's name? Vincente Fox is uh-huh. uh, in in Mexico. Oh, okay. Ran uh-huh. his um, campaign. campaign. Uh-huh. Was our next door neighbor. Very nice people. Uh-huh. A lot of them are very. A lot of our neighbors were very nice. So how big was this estate <coughs> you lived on? It was. Oh, gosh, three-fourths of an acre. Oh, it's only three-fourths of an acre. Okay. But was it a gated community like River Oaks? It wasn't gated. Okay, because River Oaks is not gated either. Yeah. No, ours was like that. Okay. It wasn't gated, but there were big mansions and all of that. And three-fourths of an acre in that neighborhood was a lot. Okay. But they were all on, you know, relatively similar. And what was the subdivision name? I'm sure it was a subdivision. Uh, Yeah. No. You know, that's a good question. It was... um, because River Oaks is a subdivision, right? Our, our and the, and it is it is a name. I mean, in Dallas, when you say Rockbrook, everybody knows where that is, uh-huh. or Straight Lane. That's okay. where Ross Perot lived. Okay. And how was he your next door neighbor? He was not my next door neighbor, but he was down the street. Okay. And but it was right over. I mean, you're not familiar with Dallas, but it was right over by Ursula, which is a private uh, school for girls, mm-hmm. Catholic uh, high school, I believe. I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right there, and um, Lovers Lane. We were right off Lovers Lane. Anyway, you'd have to be from Dallas to know all those okay, locations. So you, you picked this house when you and your husband got married to to bring your children up in. Would that be correct? Right. Well, okay. sort of, yeah. And the house that you lived in, um, uh, describe it a little bit for us. <sighs> Tony. It had a gate. I know that there, your, your, your squabble was over... Something a about a fence, fence. but but mm-hmm. describe the house. It, it was, was almost a twelve thousand square foot house. Okay, it w- looked a lot like the White House. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I love it. Which is, I think, the reason that our neighbors made such a big. This one neighbor uh-huh. made such a big deal out of our fence. Mm-hmm. She, you know, they. So anyway, we your, your issue was with the fence, but the house itself looked like the White House, and I'm assuming you had a, a uh, an entrance to get to your house. It may have been five hundred. It was a circular feet or, drive. It was okay. a circular drive, and so we. And the house was white stucco. Okay. The house actually was purchased from us by the vice president of American Airlines. Okay. So. At the time, I don't know what he's doing now, but his name's Dan Garten. Okay. And he and his family, they actually lived around the corner, and they were going to co- do construction on their uh-huh, kitchen. And they found that y'all were moving? Well, no, we weren't. Well, we, we so they were going to redo some of their kitchen and stuff like that, and uh, they came down the street to look at our house uh-huh. to see what we had done, uh-huh. because we remodeled this entire kitchen. Uh-huh. And added tons of square footage. It was absolutely gorgeous. So they fell in love with the house and bought uh-huh. it from us. Okay. <laughs> and we were glad. Uh-huh. We were glad. But uh, And y'all moved to And then after that, after that, right? And okay. after that, the house was actually, she got worked with a decorator and all of that. And it was in um, several magazines and wow. things like that. Yeah. Now I'm going to have to Google it. So I want to see the, the house that, that was a designer house. And Yeah, this was back in 2000. So you could maybe be okay. able to find some okay. stuff on it. I yeah. can find historic stuff. All right, but your beef was what? So we, you know, it's a white stucco house. Mm-hmm. Boring, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a white house. <laughs> I love, uh, my house is white. I love uh-huh. white houses. All my houses Well, are this white. was a very white house. We mm-hmm. had big pillars in the front and all that kind of stuff. So we wanted to redo the stucco. But first, we had to work on our circular driveway and the approaches as you come through the circular driveway. And we had this fence. Mm-hmm. So there's a white stucco pillars in between black wrought iron uh-huh. and um that sounds beautiful yeah it was pretty and then on top of the pillars there were lanterns uh-huh. like black lanterns that match sort of the wrought iron uh-huh. but we were trying to kind of move in a different direction with uh-huh. the same basic 
stuff to work with and take it a little off, from white to off white anyway. Okay, so how? To, so, but it's important to me because this is what your beef was. What? How tall were these mm-hmm. pillars and mm-hmm. the fence? Mm-hmm. That what? What was the size and all that? Well, it's important to remember that in Dallas, the default you can build a fence in front of your house, any house, really. Uh-huh. Okay. Up to four feet. Unless you're deed, do they have deed restrictions? Of course they have deed restrictions. Anything, there. yeah, but anything beyond four feet, what you needed a variance for. Okay. Okay. So these co- these stucco columns were well above four feet. Uh-huh. The wrought iron in between them was probably right at four feet. Okay. So we hired this guy to come in and we were going to build this beautiful cast stone curbing and, and stone and stuff, you know, a lot like you do, the uh-huh. stuff that you uh-huh. like. Well, not quite on that level, but yes, the stuff that we like. <laughs> we were going to build, you know, stone so, and, uh-huh. so the guy comes in uh-huh. and just yanks down the stucco pillars and all of that stuff uh-huh. without checking about any restrictions oh, or variances ooh, or whatever. Expensive. So then when we started to build, the neighbors uh-huh. started having a fit. Okay, and, and this would be... One neighbor, all the neighbors, how many There was one city? behind it, uh-huh. and she tried to get all of our neighbors. Um, so at the time that this is being put down, did you get a notice from her, a phone call? What What was the next step that happened? Oh, gosh, Tony, you know, this was 20 years ago, but it seems to me like we got a letter from the city saying that they had heard that we were planning to build something that was going to be in violation, and maybe... Somebody told us we need to apply for a variance. So then okay. our, our fence guy who yanked the stucco one down uh, <laughs> then applied for the variance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, and so then we went through this whole mm-hmm. hassle with the city. Well, with our neighbors, actually. But it was this one neighbor. Yeah, because normally, as you know, because you're dealing with this right now in a different uh, mm-hmm. case that you're working mm-hmm. on, normally the city doesn't even know. And they're probably not going to give you any grief unless you've got a neighbor that tips them off. Well, I think that's what happened. Mm-hmm. I think, actually, because I remember a couple of meetings on our front steps with all the neighbors out there <laughs> yelling and and Get a lemonade upset. stand? No. Shouldn't Yeah. But nobody cared about what we did with our fence uh-huh. except for this one lady around the corner in a tiny little bitty well, house. Well, it was going to improve the value because it, what you were doing that sounded like it was going to be an expensive improvement then they shouldn't have had any issues and they would have granted a variance in that right. sort of neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But there was a lady that you said may have been uh, maybe jealous or maybe she just had a power issue. Lots of people uh, feel like, you know, they're, they, they're the ones that's I in charge that's, of, I think you know, cracking the, the whip, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't matter because yeah. they're not looking at the, what the true injury is. Yeah. So this lady, uh, did she call you or did the homeowners association call you or the city? I think you said the city. Uh, no, you know what happened, Tony? They had a meeting. Our neighbors had a meeting and that woman called the meeting. Were you invited? Uh, we... I'm, I don't want to say we weren't invited. I'm sure we were invited, but I think the first one, we were not invited. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. so they she started telling everybody that she was upset that we were going to spoil this park-like setting in the neighborhood. And uh, that was gone anyway, you uh-huh. know. Right. Because everybody else had, it was ridiculous. What what what, what you were going to put up would it would it have blocked the view of your house or no? Okay, no. so well, now tell me what you wanted to put up. What we know what you did have. You had iron gates about four feet, and then you had big columns with lights on top. What were you going to put in? We were going to put up higher columns with cast stone in between the columns i mean i know our listeners unless they're watching live on facebook can't see this but in between you know every six feet we'd have a column or eight feet or ten feet i can't remember uh-huh. and then we'd have this cast stone and this stone walls and then this inset of wrought iron 
Okay. And then we were going to have two gates that uh-huh. opened this way, okay. you All know, right. like yours, but two, uh-huh. because it was a circular driveway. Right. If we were to take our other lot and put a circular drive in, we have two entrances. It would be like that, okay. except for we were going to have stone columns, you know, every, I can't remember, 10 feet, 12 feet, 6 okay. feet, 8 feet, something like that. Okay. It was going to be gorgeous. Okay. But it wasn't going to be 4 feet tall. It's it was going to be... be Eight feet tall? I can't okay. remember. So would you wouldn't be able to see your property as well. Maybe they You could. You could see it just as well. As a matter of fact, there were the Coca-Cola guy had big tall entryway gate things. The person over here had huge stuff. The the Did anybody that you're describing, your neighbors that were in pro- close proximity to you, did they have a wall or a gate that was around their house that was similar oh, yeah. to what you were getting ready to do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, that's so the problem is when you drive into that neighborhood, okay, it's, and I don't know if our listeners will understand this, but it's like a circle, uh-huh. but it goes back. Tom Landry lived right back behind me. Okay. But you go in, and it's true that you did look to the right and you saw my house, uh-huh. and it was this big white house. Uh-huh. Well, so from my house this way, everybody had high fences. Okay. Beautiful all right. gates and all okay. this. But from my house this way? They didn't. They, they didn't. Ones. Okay. So we were the fighting house the the where, you know, they were going to keep it a park light setting forever and they were going to win on this But that house. wasn't what the majority of the neighborhood <coughs> looked like. Mm-hmm. and Just it, this one area back there okay. did. Okay. And... Um, so the 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 so the grievance here and what our show kind of is going to tip you know go toward is you were try, trying to um, use and enjoy your property right and you did not believe that you needed to get any permits or any permission from your if the, you had a homeowner association or from the city to improve it to be t- the same in a similar. Uh, and, and similar to what look, it was before. As what it was before and to what your neighbors had. Exactly. So you were just going about your business, and and obviously the guy that was doing the work didn't think you needed it either because he didn't even try to pull any permits. Right. And so um, what happened next? Um, we ended up before uh, the zoning committee uh, in Dallas. I think it was just the zoning committee. Did you get, uh, when you went, was it like a trial? Was it like a bench trial? Or? At first, um, they just asked us what was going on, and we presented our different sides. Was it like in a room? It or? was a room. Okay. So that wouldn't be too different from, like we were talking about last week, the appraisal district. If you're contesting your taxes, right? Uh, protesting them, then, then you go into a small room. We're well, right now at Zoom. It'd probably be Zoom now, too, if you had something like that. Oh, yeah. But first, you're dealing with somebody in a low level. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's sort of the, uh, you're having an informal meeting mm-hmm. is what it mm-hmm. is. And then after that, may or may not fail. Um, it, it, a lot of times, they've got the authority to go up to a certain level to give certain things that they can um, negotiate with you with. But if that fails, then you go to the next higher level, which is a formal. And it's still in a room with just a few people. You haven't gotten into we a legal level le- yet. We, we did that. Okay. We had two hearings. Okay. One, I believe, was informal, and the second one was formal. Okay. And you thought things were going well in these two hearings, I'm assuming. I thought the first one was okay. They mm-hmm. they didn't decide one way or the other. They said, okay, we're going to give you some time, put your facts together, come back before us in a month, and we'll talk. So I went around the neighborhood and took pictures, you know. Okay, yeah, you're preparing. And, yeah, uh-huh. did all that stuff. But I wish that I'd gotten an attorney. I uh-huh. mean, that's what we were talking about before, because the, the lady that was really against mm-hmm. us putting a fence in... She she didn't even want the fence that was there before, you know. <laughs> she went and got an attorney. Uh-huh. And it was really interesting because when Why you go. Was you, what was, how, 
she doesn't have a, a was it for the association? I mean, she was she was just she was going to win. That's crazy because mm-hmm. she didn't have a beef against you. But you know what? Homeowners in, in a subdivision, um, and it's in the, the statutes, can sue each other. Mm-hmm. If your homeowners association doesn't sue you to stop something, an individual owner within that has a um, standing mm-hmm. can sue you mm-hmm. to keep it. And it was like really that. interesting because it was this one woman. I went around and talked to several of our neighbors, mm-hmm. and they were like, we don't care what you do right, with your right. fence. Do whatever mm-hmm. you want, yeah. you know? And they were nice people. Right. But if they signed something, so I had a petition yeah, and yeah. all that stuff, they signed it. And then they're like, oh, I shouldn't have signed that. Oh, no, right. I'm then involved. Then they're like, I don't want to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the, the story changes mm-hmm. where they were so supportive with mm-hmm. you. Exactly. Uh, after they signed something and they see there might be money involved or they mm-hmm. might, now it's going to be a, he, a there's going to be a contest of some kind. Mm-hmm. They back down and yeah. they're no longer aligned with you they suddenly almost changed their tune and i know because you know, you've talked with them i know they're supportive so but we know this from a couple of cases that we've done together mm-hmm. once somebody signs something oh yeah it, it's they've committed well and so you know they would say oh i didn't know why but do you want to go forward and hold them to it because then you're kind right. of like and what this is, is your neighbor you yeah mm-hmm. your neighbor's right I mean, it's you, you don't it's want to be outcast after me. Take your garbage out. Yeah. yeah well. So anyway. <laughs> so what happened next? Well, so we went to a hearing. Then mm-hmm. the then we had another hearing scheduled, and I just wish that I had been loaded for bear. I wish. Did I you had have any witnesses? Any of your on. rich neighbors? Ross no, Perot, but of course she did. Tom Landry, you know. Come in with this well, actually, her witness was her husband. That's you know, completely biased. And he was. Count. I know. And it was so neat because the council, the people that were trying to decide this, they went around to. Uh, Okay, this woman went around and took pictures too, uh-huh. but she was like down on the ground taking pictures. We had <laughs> yeah, it looked like the Empire State Building <laughs> with our with our approach, our circular driveway. Right, right. We had built this this uh, stone fence and it kind of curved in and it had columns. It was beautiful. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they're down on the ground in front of our Making house, it look- taking. And I could see them mm-hmm. say, "Oh, look how look at the angle that she took that." No, it's she was down on the ground. Right, right. They were very sympathetic with us, uh-huh. but. She, her and her attorney just did a much better job. And you, uh, and you, what was your takeaway from this? First, did you put the fence up? What did you? What ultimately happened? You didn't have a fence. The guy took it down. So yeah. What happened? We put up a shorter fence. Okay. So, but it wasn't the one you wanted. And it didn't meet the scale of the house either, which was the problem with the uh-huh. shorter fence. Mm-hmm. You can't have this big, massive house with this tiny little fence. Yeah. It looked like yeah. a little picket fence, you know. <laughs> and for the white house. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't look good. You needed a white house fence. Something like yeah, that. But yeah. anyway, so my takeaway, as a matter of fact, I was so touched by how those council people have to sit and listen to all this garbage mm-hmm, all the do. time. It made me <laughs> sick. So the takeaway was, even back then, um, I was very appreciative of those council people. Uh-huh. I wrote them this big, long letter, and they all went crazy about how we lost, but uh-huh. we were actually good losers uh-huh. and felt sorry for them. They thanked me, each one of them, profusely over nice. and over about well, how sweet. Well, you were also pretty influential. You lived in this you know, oh, yeah. rich area. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you probably barbecued with oh, uh, Tom Landry. Did you barbecue with Tom Landry? No. You should have. Boy, I wish He's I a neighbor. Had. Oh, I loved him. I mean, I can only imagine that your kids were selling Girl Scout cookies and going door to door and maybe getting an autograph or something. Yeah. <laughs> they used to sneak across Inwood Road with... Uh, 
our neighbor who ran Fox's campaign, I can't even remember their names. I feel so terrible about that. Mm -hmm. But drive across this super, uh, on their bikes, this super, super busy road to get to the 7-Eleven so they could drink Slurpees. That's so funny. Yeah. See, they're just like, they're just people. They're a lot of But it was so dangerous. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, uh, you, you put the smaller fence down. You felt defeated because this woman was more prepared than you in fighting her case. If you had gotten an attorney. I had no idea that what it, I was when you facing. had the money, you just yeah. didn't do it. Just didn't do it. Um, that that she was just more, I think it could have also been a, a part that she was so aggressive that the bulldog versus the, you know, the very the, nice, the, the nice uh, people were, they just didn't, it was the path of least resistance. You know what? I, there's a lot of truth to that because she, that's true. Yeah. She was. And it's also who, you know, a, a lot, a lot of stuff goes. And I think even in the cases that we work with right now, um, and I tell my, my, a lot of my clients this, it's not necessarily what you're looking for. It's who is asking and who they know and who they've got representing them. Because in small communities, and I'm going to say that Montgomery County is a small community. We I operate like is. a small community. Yeah. Um, if you can get the right attorney who knows the right judge, the right person or the right congressman or whatever on their side, it's going to go a lot more smooth than it would otherwise. And so you've got to weigh all this stuff in. It's not always justice will be done. Right. It's that fight to get to the justice and it may not happen. And a lot of times things aren't right. And we know that even in the Bible, I go to this, this, the Job, um, what happened to Job where mm-hmm. he was doing everything right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the devil. And that's what happened. And he so was tell doing us everything real briefly, right. you know, the Bible backwards and forwards. And what happened with Job so that our listeners can hear sometimes justice isn't done? Well, Job basically was doing everything right. And that kind of made him a target. Yeah. And he because, had a lot of land and yeah. everything. God loved him. He was one of the and, richest men alive at that time. And, and where was he from? I can't remember. One of those Jordan or Israel or whatever. I mean, that Job is old, old, old school. Right, but he was still over there and, you know. Well, the, no, he was from there but mm-hmm. it was like it, we're still talking about where, where israel and jordan well, and I, I don't Iran. think he was from canaan joe owned a ton of land right so he was prolific uh, like yeah i don't our, remember our Dallas where he was community from. but yeah but he had everything and the devil said i think well how did how did it go he, about that job lost everything uh he said you think that job you know god says to satan you know have you considered my servant job he's got all this stuff and everything but he still honors me and remembers me mm-hmm. and satan said you think he's doing that for nothing mm-hmm. and the devil was like yeah. he's mm-hmm. doing he's satan said he's doing that because of all the stuff you give him yeah. you bought him you take it uh-huh. away and he'll turn on you like that right uh-huh. so god said okay let's mm-hmm. see if he does mm-hmm. so god that was the real question all he did it all away he let Satan, he didn't kill him, but I don't think that would have his even been the point. His family got killed. All of his Every, kids. He, all his land, everything. God took everything away. And Job was doing everything he right. He really was. Just like people that are following the law. He was doing mm-hmm. everything right. But Job continued to honor God no matter mm-hmm. what because he knew it was right. And then God honored him back by mm-hmm. giving, what was the saying? He got he double. He got double. And the only thing he didn't get double of was his children. He got the same amount. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how that happened mm-hmm. because I'm sure his wife was old. But um, he, I believe he had three boys and three girls, I think. And um, they were beautiful, as a matter of fact. I think it's interesting that Scripture makes a reference to the beauty of his daughters. Mm -hmm. One of them was actually named Mascara, the (laughs) translation for (laughs) Mascara, which is interesting. She must have just been gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, he he got double. That's a good—I'm going to have to remember that for next— 
the next I don't know what her original name was, but whatever the translation is, it trans- can translate into mm-hmm. mascara. So anyway, the bottom line was that, that he didn't, he continued to honor God, and it wasn't all about it. Love of money was not the root of all evil. Uh, and and he, wasn't, he wasn't honoring and serving and loving God because God gave him stuff. God, right. Somebody finally answered that question for us. Uh-huh. And if we know about Scripture, we know the answer to that question is in Job. Right. And, but that goes back to you were doing... What you you were doing as much as you could the right way, and this lady was just decided just ag- against it for some reason. And um, sometimes it looks like justice is not done. And also, Tony, when you need to get an attorney, you need to get one. Yeah. And you know, I did represent myself. You but were thinking this I is lost. Easy. Yeah. I, went I to thought this makes perfect sense. Yeah. I went, You're going to see this. So this is the black and white. This is just a community. These mm-hmm. are my friends. Sure. This is just the you know they're going to hear the 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 black and white of it. They're going to see that. That this is the law, and right. I mean, I don't need an attorney. Why should I? Sure. I'm not going to bug them. I'm not going to make mountains out of molehills. No. And then I exactly. bet you were not happy later when when you realized justice wasn't done because some honorary woman bothered me a lot. Yeah, yeah, and it weighs on you because mm-hmm. you're like, I'm doing everything right, mm-hmm. but um, God always has a plan, and you can't let justice not being done get you down. Right. You have to continue having a good attitude about it and going forward. And that's why we're here today to say what happened. Well, you sold, but ultimately, you, I think you you said that you bought. Like that that mansion on the hill uh, in in you built some massive mansion we in Colorado. Built that. We built that, and yeah. so you've you've lived the good life, the life that we've all wanted to live. You've lived that, yeah. and so. Um, but today, how that ties in is to. Um, deed restrictions and zoning. We don't have zoning here in Montgomery County. They do have it in Dallas. But I, I, I'm, I believe that probably even in your rich area, your River Oaks type community, they probably also had deed restrictions that mm-hmm. touched and ran with the land. Mm-hmm. And there may have been something there that also said we've got, you only have certain limits. So you had a double whammy in Dallas. You had city zoning like mm-hmm. they have in Houston. Mm-hmm. If any of our listeners have property out in Houston too, they have to apl- com- uh, comply with that. But as we know, the city isn't going to know. They're too big. They're not going to come and come down on you unless somebody tips them off and they know somebody and they make enough noise. So kind of getting along with your neighbors and kind of tit for debt t- goes a long way. Unless you've got some unreasonable person like this woman that just right. was either jealous or just had a power thing going or whatever. All right. So um, that ties into waiver and abandonment. So you've got some law on what that is. And so if we have... Um, just, just so our, our listeners know, just to recap briefly what deed restrictions are, and it kind of goes along with what zoning is, but zoning is a government sort of deed restriction. Deed restrictions are, are set up by homeowners association when the developer creates it, or they can be set up later, but I'm going to read what, just what that definition is briefly so people know the legal description, and then you're going to tell us about when a deed restriction exists how you may be able to get around it like you should have in your community in Dallas. Right. And like this is all across the board here in Montgomery County. We have subdivisions and we have older ones and newer ones and there's deed restrictions that look like they've been abandoned and weighed and your neighbor's doing something. Why can't you do the same thing? Sure. What's going on no with that? No one complained about them. Yeah, so why, mm-hmm. who do they know that, mm-hmm. that, and that same neighbor may be the one that's coming down on you and that's mm-hmm. not fair either. Right. Where's the justice? All right, so here's deed restrictions. Deed restrictions are private contractual covenants which limit land use and there's an underlying tenant in the law that says that and it's not just a tenant it's it's the law that you should be able to have 
um, you should be able to enjoy and use your land as you see fit if you're not hurting anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That just is the way it is. And that's mm-hmm. why deed restrictions have been created mm-hmm. so that they, you can keep the value of your own land and your neighbor can't come in and put a nuclear waste dump site next door mm-hmm. and ruin the value of your land, okay? So they're more appropriately called restricted covenants, but commonly called deed restrictions or simply restrictions. Um, they uh, are called, like I say, just restrictions. Documents containing restrictions historically were the deeds to the initial property owners in a new development. So they run with the land. They go. Mm-hmm. You can look in the in the records to see if a public road was put in, or there was a restriction that only one neighbor could use something, or whatever. Uh, or, or use. I, I'm paraphrasing here because I'm thinking about another one of our listeners who bought a piece of property that had a road on it that. Now the a, a, a government entity is saying that was public, but it's not been used for probably 50 years, and so it's probably been abandoned. And they, they now want to use it because it's an easier to get to it through their private road than another outlet. That's not fair. So you have to look at whether that's been abandoned or not. Now, but way back in 1900, way back in, you know, 1850 or 60 or whatever, when the first deeds that show up in the record Mm -hmm. that run with the land, they Mm -hmm. may have had some restriction in them Mm -hmm. that may or may not be enforceable now, but we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, Although the method is still utilized, the more recent approach to set forth deed restrictions in separate documents entitled Declaration of Covenants, Conditions and Restrictions, um, known as CCRs, Restrictions and Restrictive Covenants, uh, that's how they're referred to now by your homeowners association. Uh, restrictions are seen on the face of the recorded subdivision plat generally. If you can normally, when you buy a piece of property, the plat that the if it's a subdivision, and a lot of them are, they'll have the restrictions on them too. There's a lot of places you Just can look. list it out. Yeah, they'll list out there, and if it's not in your restrictive covenants, they'll always refer to the plat that may have a restrictive covenant in it, like. It'll show public road on there, and it's like, okay, you're on notice because the public road's on here. That's different from just a few numbers that are slapped on the plat that mean nothing. Right. So it's it all kind of ties in. Um, I was telling my my friend who asked me about this that um, if in doubt, you don't you can save a little bit of money and do your own research if you get. Uh, a landman, uh, somebody that's not biased, like your next door neighbor up there in Dallas, to actually run the title, to get a title run sheet. That's what the attorneys rely upon uh, for a little bit of money to run the title from the sovereignty of the soil to move forward with it. Like we were, we're still in a lawsuit right now that if if the 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 entity, the developer had run a title sheet, they'd see that they will lose this lawsuit because. Um, if they had gone from the sovereign forward, they'd see that they don't have, you know, leg to stand on because they don't own the land. But that's kind of here to there. If you do a run sheet, and that's typically what part of your evidence is in a lawsuit with with regard to restricted covenants or entitled ownership, this run sheet done by a landman, an unbiased person. And uh, you're a landman, are I'm you? a landman, too. But they will usually go into that county, whether it be Walker, Santa Grimes, Harris, and they'll go from the sovereign. And the sovereign is going to go from when the patent was established. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the state of Texas, and there's some more that goes to it. Mm-hmm. But 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 if you can get one of these people, and you can link, you can ask on our website, um, and we can forward you names of people that we don't have a tie to them, but they mm-hmm. are landmen that can run land title sheets. They will they will uh, run these title runs that show you all the deeds that apply to your land. It's really interesting to see who owned it before. Oh, I bet. And um and you could have done that too had you gotten an attorney for your uh, property in Dallas. How would that have helped me though? And well, because it could show that the person that owned your estate in that very rich area, uh, going all the way back, that maybe 
there was an exception oh, to the, right. the and and that should have applied and would run. And, but today, what would have helped you had you known back then are whether or not those deed restrictions in the zoning. Um, if there was a loophole, and the loophole would have been whether they could have been waived or abandoned because of the usage. And in your case, I thought it would have. So, so what? And that you, was my argument before the and uh, an attorney, the committee have could have made it very effectively. easily been your bulldog sure. gone mm-hmm. up there and said, "No, you were wrong because mm-hmm. these people are waived." And look exactly. at the angle and exactly. their evidence isn't as good as mine. And we could have won. I really think we could have won. And you, you were, and you were downtrodden, and you you should have been toasting with margaritas. <laughs> With Ross Perot and the guy that owned American Airlines, and you didn't oh, wow. because you didn't know then. No. But what, tell us about the law on enforcement and waiver. A uh, waiver and abandonment, mm-hmm. right? Is yes. what Tony's talking about. She's talking about abandonment, and I think that uh, it just kind of speaks for itself. But what it is is that you have these restrictions that have been abandoned okay. for. I mean, what's a what's a long enough time, Tony? Is it going to tell me or I mean? Yeah, well, go ahead, tell us what the okay. law is on abandonment. I think okay. the definition. Here's the law. Uh-huh. Waiver abandonment restrictions may be waived. Uh-huh. The rule for waiver of a deed restriction has been stated as follows. Restrictions may be waived, but in order to establish a waiver of a general scheme or plan for the development or particular area, mm-hmm. it must be shown that such plan has been violated to such an extent as to reasonably lead to the conclusion that it if in fact it has in fact been abandoned and that unsubstantial violations thereof and that unsubstantial violations thereof or the fact that a complaint has not objected to previous violations of such restrictions, particularly where they did not immediately affect the enjoyment of his own premises, will not prevent him from maintaining an action for injunctive relief to prevent substantial violations thereof or a violation which would materially affect his own premises. And that's basically an affirmative defense saying, yeah, the deed restrictions say I can't do this, like with your uh, zoning. It's mm-hmm. not like a deed restriction. It's a government entity that, that first established it, not your homeowner association community or the developer saying you can only have this. But you're telling me that in that community you had other very lush houses that had exactly what you were doing. Right. So why were you being uh, denied something that they had done? Right. Because it probably was abandoned or waived. Mm-hmm. And the law says that... If you can show that no complaint was made about a neighbor that do it, that did it over a certain period of time, then it may have been abandoned by this law. There's a little bit more to that. Waiver and abandonment are very similar. Um, well, was I just reading abandonment? You were, I think or you were just abandonment. Um, because I'm going to tell you a little bit about waiver if you don't have that. Um, it just says restrictions may be waived, but then it goes on to talk about abandonment. So, okay. And what you just said, no okay. complaint and all that. So, um. So we're gonna. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about waiver and abandonment because they, they are so similar. Waiver and abandonment. Abandonment means that um, that basically it, it nobody even ever brought it up, and it's been so many years it's right. been abandoned. Right. Waiver uh, means that they were aware of it, but they didn't go after you. Okay. Now I'm gonna give you a little bit of law on waiver because it's a little bit different than abandonment, and it's kind of important because. Um, you cannot apply waiver. It's not going to be defense if in your deed restrictions or in the zoning, it literally says expressly waiver doesn't matter. And that's in a lot of the new deed restrictions. Oh, really? It can say you, there, no, uh, there is a, no, a non-waiver clause. And so you're going to have to rely upon oh. abandonment and oh. some other stuff. But um, the, uh, given the rapid expansion of Texas cities and changing nature of many subdivisions, mm-hmm. which is what happened with yours, mm-hmm. deed restrictions sometimes seem antiquated just like with your wall. Um, This is especially true when once 
residential streets are now busy thoroughfares and more appropriate for commercial use. That happened with 1488. It's happening when you have a little two-lane highway. Let's just go with 2854. Mm -hmm. uh, Not even a highway. They were just like... Mail routes. Old Conroe is a good example. It was a Mm -hmm. horse route. Mm -hmm. This is a road that's not paved on the side. It's got the ditches. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not commercial. But now suddenly we've got a a, a government entities and developers around that area are saying, hey, Old Conroe used to be a, a, a horse route from, it used to be called Old Magnolia, Old Conroe Road for a reason. You got from Old Magnolia to Conroe by this old road. But the hmm. the bridge got washed out where West Fork and where the West Fork of San Jacinto and Lake Creek were, and there's two bodies of water, and it got washed out. And so now they're trying to make this into a thoroughfare. It's not there yet. And we talk, is, I mean, I know the answer, but this is headed straight to your house when I'm going right. down 1488. Right. It's and, right. And it connects up to where. Um, Ed Sargent, um, Hol- Ed Holcomb, Ed Holcomb Sergeant, Sergeant Ed Holcomb. That's where it would connect up if they can if they can make the connection, which we believe that they shouldn't be expanding Old Conroe Road where a subdivision is right now. Why not go where they've already got paved two lane? You know, go through the subdivision next door where they've already got the right of way. Why are you taking away someone's land yeah. through eminent domain or whatever they are trying to do when? It would be less expensive to go where you don't have to do two bridges over two bodies of water. You should go where the old bridge was. It was a little bit further over. There's a lot of arguments where it's just whoever's got the more, whoever's arguing and has the most power. Whoever's got, I think, you know, the, the grease palms looks like what's happening. And that shouldn't be the way it is. So just like with you in your subdivision in Dallas, you can't just sit and let that happen. You have to. Well, you hit the nail on the head when you said it was kind of the nice neighbor against the aggressive right, neighbor. Right. It's that when you said that, it's almost like you were in the room with me. That's exactly what happened. Right. You have to stand up for your rights yes. and you have to get some support behind right. you. And then, more important to all of that, you have to logically take yourself out of that you know, realm and say, logically and more efficiently, this is an alternative to this and this is why. And give them options that are, why didn't you go this direction? Because that person over there or that landowner over there has got more money and they can fight you because they seem more powerful. No. Logically, if more people are affected and there's more damage being done this, just that they're not screaming about it, it should go this other direction. And so you need to get with, you know, TxDOT and the state and the federal government who may be giving some money to fund that, uh, your local communities. You need to step up and everybody get together that's being harmed and not sit back and hope one person's going to talk. Everybody's right. got to talk. And I think that was kind of what's going on. There. But the example was, um, Old Conroe Road is a good example. It's just one that I kind of thought of right now, where you may have a, a small street they're trying to make into a thoroughfare when that doesn't need to happen. Um, but it may be, in this sense... Wouldn't that be really bad for your neighborhood? It would, but in this instance, it's not even a thoroughfare because there's no connection because there's no right. bridge. There's right. no there's no way to even get there right now. And so why are you in the planning stage is when you need to stop it right yeah. now mm-hmm. because it's ridiculous that they're going to be harming people that live there and taking their, their front yards away mm-hmm. when they can go a different route that is more efficient, more mm-hmm. economic. There's a lot more efficacy mm-hmm. to go a different route and go straight than to to do because some developers got billions of dollars or whatever they're thinking. I think it should go this way and this will help them. So there's just, it, the little guy needs to stand up and maybe get an attorney. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that being said, landowners um, restricting the use of their property often look to uh, neighboring uses, mm-hmm. their neighbor's uses mm-hmm. like you did, thinking that's the way that that, that, that may be the argument, right? Mm-hmm. Which could be, but that may not be the whole argument. So you need to get perhaps an attorney involved and maybe some local uh, people that 
uh, will help you that don't have a dog in the fight because they're the people that are going to be argue the best for you. They know the powers that be. Mm-hmm. They know the commissioners. They have lunch with them. They know the judges. They know. Mm-hmm. So you do want to get some people that have some connection, okay? But but you also want to, to bounce off of them. You may not be right. You want to present your case for maybe a, a small fee for them to analyze your situation for you, okay? Um, when those uses are inconsistent with existing deed restrictions, important questions arise. And um, in your case with the wall, you were you, the uses that you wanted to use were in complete alignment with what you wanted to do. You just had one rabid dog neighbor that was giving mm-hmm. you a bad time. Mm-hmm. And apparently you didn't even have any beef with her until she mm-hmm. decided to get into your business. Mm-hmm. All right? um, have my deed restrictions been waived? In your case, I believe that they were. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, does the waiver allow me to use my properties I desire? In your case, I think that was the case. You didn't have the right representation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, as with most legal questions, the answer is it depends. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what is waiver? Um, waiver is the voluntary relinquishment of a known right. Um, and that, and there, there's some case law to that. In this one, they're, they're referencing Jim Rutherford Investments versus Terramar Beach Community Association in the Houston um, uh, Court of Appeals. A waiver is either made expressly or indicated by conduct that is inconsistent with an intent to claim the right. Um, uh, and I could reference the cases here, but if you uh, email or Google us or whatever, I can give you those cases. That's not really important for what we're talking about today. But basically, that's what happened in your case. Mm-hmm. Um, it had already been way because your neighbors had already done this mm-hmm. and nobody had put up a fuss right. about it. All right. right. Um, so the zoning ordinance had been waived. Mm-hmm. Generally, waiver is an affirmative defense on which the defendant bears the burden of proof. So you can't just say it was waived. They've got something in writing that says, here's the zoning law. Here's the deed restriction. Here's the covenant. You can't do this. It says it right here. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you're saying, yeah, I know it says it right there, but let's look. The affirmative defense, like in, in just in criminal cases, if you mm-hmm. murder somebody, it's not murder. Self defense. Because self defense is an affirmative defense. Mm-hmm. Um, like with uh, with uh, aggravated as, uh, sexual assault, um, date rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you're, yeah, we had sex, but the affirmative defense is, she solicited me, uh, she paid me, you know, or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So the affirmative defense is, yeah, it happened, but th- no, I, there was there complete was consent. consent between mm-hmm. both parties. This was just, you know, this was just sex. This was not a sexual assault. So there's, there's a lot of things that kind of kick in. Here, the affirmative defense is you've got to bear that burden. You want to put the wall up. Now you got to go take pictures. Now you got to go find the law that says the certain percentages change. You need to show that nobody was harmed by it. So you had a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to put your big wall up, but mm-hmm. you didn't do it. Um, now, uh, this particular case, uh, it was Philadelphia Indemnity, Indemnity Insurance Company versus what? Your insurance company may also kick in and represent you in some of these cases, depending on what kind of insurance you have. So look at that, too. Hmm. You may be able to fall back on, hey, insurance company, I've got this umbrella insurance, and you're supposed to represent me on this. So go there, too. Your uh, your defense may be covered by your insurance company. So don't, don't uh, an attorney might be able to help you look at that, too. So okay. that consultation fee may be well worth the money. Um, in this particular case, it explained that the defendant bears the burden of on, to approve on all affirmative defenses. Um, now, a property owner being sued for enforcement of uh, enforcement are... The breach of restricted covenant usually asserts waiver as a defense. You can assert, why hold back? Assert 10 
affirmative defenses. No kidding. Don't don't limit yourself to one because if you have to go up on appeal, they're going to say you never brought it up and you've waived right. it. Right. So just put you know in, in there again. It's not going to cost you any more if you've already got a defense going. If you've got a lawsuit going. However, with increasing frequency, property owners are taking the initiative and filing suits to obtain court determinations that certain restrictions are invalid based upon waiver. These suits are usually filed under the Texas Uniform Declaratory Judgment Act. And that's in um, Texas Code at Civil Proce- uh, Remedies and Procedures Code at uh, 38. And we always, and the reason that's an important code to look at to make sure it's in your petition, even if you're doing it on in small claims court, the same law applies, is because you can get your attorney's fees, if you have an attorney, reimbursed under this. What's it called, Tony? It's called the Texas Uniform Declaratory Judgments Act. And you can find that under Texas Code of Civil Remedies and Procedures um, 38, 37 and 38. Okay, but if you just put that in there and you Google it, you can find it. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Internet is wonderful these days. Now, under Texas law, restrictive covenants may be waived, and the waiver is ordinarily a question of fact. Okay, not law. Um, In your particular... Really? Okay. So, as a matter of law, they would have won. But Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact, you have Mm -hmm. to show the facts that show that that you it has changed so don't give up on that um proof required to establish a waiver of deed restrictions very important to establish a waiver in a deed restriction case the non-conforming user and that would be you with your wall uh must prove the violation then existing uh the the violations then existing in the neighborhood are so great as to lead the mind of the quote average man to reasonably conclude that the restriction in question has been abandoned and the enforcement waived. Among the factors to be considered by the average man are the number, nature, and severity of the existing violations. Any prior acts of enforcement of the restriction, like in your case, you could have shown that other people had already built walls and nobody ever had a problem with it. And a lot of them, the number and the severity. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether it is still possible to realize to a substantial degree the benefits intended by the covenant. In your case, it wasn't because you're going to be improving the neighborhood Mm -hmm. and making it more like your house. Um, Using this analysis, non-enforcement of the covenants against the smattering of owners in violation is generally insufficient to demonstrate abandonment. This is, we're talking about waiver, though. On the other hand, if virtually all the owners on a certain street are using their properties for commercial purposes or have um, walls up or have fences up or whatever the case may or be. carports. Um, a residential use-only restriction uh, or a carport, for that example, too. Um, a better argument for waiver may exist in abandonment, all right? Uh, beware of express non-waiver provisions in the deed restrictions because um, if you've got a non-waiver provision, uh, the court will automatically look at that non-waiver, and you can't use that. Um, courts will find a non-waiver clause ineffective only if the party seeking to avoid the covenants can demonstrate a complete abandonment of the entire set of restrictions. So you can't use waiver if everybody else is doing it, it's something you're trying to do, if this provision is in your deed restrictioners in the zoning law. It says non-waiver provision, and that provision is going to look a little bit like this. Invalidation of any of these covenants by judgment or court order or the failure to enforce any of the said restrictions at the time of the violation shall in no way affect any of the other restrictions which remain in full force and effect. And that one may not be the exact waiver restriction I'm looking at. They're all they're all different. All right. Mm-hmm. So we need to continue this yeah. next week yeah. to finish up waiver and Right. Amendment. We want to thank you guys for listening. Um, you can listen to us tomorrow, our podcast, Google Play and iTunes. And you can watch us later on Facebook. We want to remind you to serve God by serving others. Have a great week. Mm-hmm. 
Today's show was recorded and broadcasted live on IRLoneStar.com, Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and all rights and ownership are reserved to Lone Star Community Radio. For more information regarding this program and Lone Star Community Radio, visit us online at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station, serving the community with local programming on TV, radio, and online. If you enjoyed today's program, please support us by sponsorship or starting your own show. Contact us today by phone or text at 936-666-1084 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.